You grew up in a world colored by tragedy, but determined to use your experiences, both positive and negative, to help others in similar situations. You threw yourself into countless new situations, each time with enthusiasm and spirit. Yet the lesson you learned first and foremost was the importance of unlearning. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. I walk in my ROTC commander. He says something. He has no idea what exchange students are. He has never met anybody from Pakistan. He's six foot six age, this military guy, very tough. Everybody's scared of him. Nobody has ever seen him smile. That's that's somehow a legend about him until I came, <laughs> came to his class. And I wasn't planning to make anybody smile. So I'm sitting there. He says something. I, obviously, I did not understand the English. And he's like, Khan, give me. So my last name. He's like, Khan, give me 20. Now, you have to understand, this is my first class, first day. And I come from Pakistan. So there is a different culture there. And I'm like, I get up so disappointed. I walk up to him. I take out my wallet, take out my only 20. I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe American teachers take bribe. I, I don't know if this, you know, like my head is going through. I'm so, I'm like in front of everyone, man, you're just going to take 20. So I, and he's looking at me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you asked me to give you 20. And he started laughing that the senior commander had to come in. That what are you doing? And he's like, this happened. Then he started laughing. And then the whole class. And then it turned out I had to do 20 push-ups. This week, life with granny. 27 mentions in the yearbook. A hornet with a Bollywood vibe. And unlearning by experiencing. Join us on a journey from Karachi, Pakistan to Herndon, Virginia and finding a path through tragedy. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And that's what we call cultural exchange. Yes. Hi, my name is Bilal Zubair Khan. I'm a Yes Youth Exchange and Study Program alumni. I was in United States in 2009 and 10, and I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. I came close to this Yes program in 2008. We had internet in our house. This was one of the first search that I did. The others one are better not to be told about, so we would just leave it there. But the truth is that this is not where my story starts. This is the first time I'm sharing the story. So so I had a little sister. Um, her name was Rimsha. Beautiful girl. Amazing. Funnier than me. Better than me. May 20th, 2001. We were in our community swimming pool and uh, she fell down and hit her on the head, right? So she was unconscious. 
she passed away. She was four, I was six. This was not my first time seeing somebody die right in front of me because my mother passed away like a few years before that. For me, my only best friend, the only person that I ever talked to after mom passed away was my younger sister because uh, we had to sort of look out for each other. I was born in a family that was very well off, but my, my mother's cancer uh, just did things to our family that we had to literally sell everything. We were like, I opened eyes uh, seeing adults worried. Uh, and trying to hide it. Uh, I see adults not having answers for me, but trying to still make me feel good. That shook me. I, I believe that everybody talks about minorities. The real minorities of the world are children. They are second-class citizens. Nobody understands what's going on with them. So, so at that time, nobody understood. But the, the way my sister passed away, was a, it was a story of the neighborhood, right? Everybody wanted to know this, how the girl drowned because it was, a, it was a community swimming pool. Nobody had, that hadn't happened in 10 years, right? And uh, I did not know how to swim. I, I, she fell down in the 10 feet. Nobody knew. It was dark and like I was in the shallow. So, so I never, like I couldn't do anything to help her. What, what happened is that the reason I'm trying to tell you this is it, it will make sense that on April 20th, when she passed away, people start coming in. It's in the local newspaper. A lot of people are coming in. I was put in front by adults to repeat the story. So I did not have any confidence. Just let's be very clear. Like I was very shy. I didn't even know I was failing second grade, third grade because of the things that were happening. No mother, nobody really, you can go and tell somebody anything. So I started telling the story of how I did not want to. I hated it. I just didn't even know what was happening. But I just told that story, let's say 500 times, right? Like so many people came up. I'm just doing these stories, stories, constantly talking about that, you know, at such young age. comes 9-11, right? When we turn on the TV, it's the 9-11 is happening. You have to understand, I have no connection to America at this point. I don't even know anything. I only have connection to one thing, that is my sister's passing and my mother. You have to understand that America is perceived in a very different way in other parts of the world. So a lot of people who were, when this is happening, 9-11 is happening, people are, there's no emotion. I saw no emotion the way I saw emotion for my sister when she passed away. So I'm really confused. I don't know what's happening. This is when they didn't censor anything in media. They were showing it as it is. The way you guys saw it here, I was watching it there and I'm what, nine years old. And I don't know who to talk to about it because it's not happening in, in our country. Nobody understands until my mother, I had a stepmother by that time. She, she saw it and she just came and she's like, what's wrong? I'm, I'm like, this is happening so far away, but it just feels like it's what happened a few months ago in our family. And my mother, who didn't even finish 10th grade, never been out of any city, let alone America. She was like, at the end of the day, they are somebody's children. And if you, you're seeing somebody's children being hurt, you don't have to be an American to be human. And these are the things she said it in Urdu, of course. I'm just translating it for you. But that's where America started for me. I'm like, who, who are these people? Why this happened to them? And then over the course until 2009, for next eight years, 
I had zero idea that I would ever end up here. My my family is so big that nobody ever left the house. We were all people that you do one job, you have kids, like this is how you live your life. So I was a wild entry. Then when I'm searching Google and I have I've talked about this in my TED talk, my first search is 16-year-old Pakistani go- going to America. But he wasn't just going to America to represent America, but to tell this story because I, as I grew older I saw so much hate. They they had zero idea what America is like outside of movies and outside of what media was telling them. So every time media was telling something bad about America, I'm going back to that little incident that happened. So when I came on this youth exchange and study program, I was like, this exchange, this link is going to make me whoever I am. The first few weeks of this exchange reversed the 15 years of stereotype that were being fed to me. An average American is not out there to get me. They're smiling. They're saying hello. They're like, "Hey, where are you from?" And the way I'm able to represent my country, I never even represented in my own country. So I have this confidence. I have this personality that was somewhere hidden and it's only coming out by having minimal conversations on day-to-day basis in my high school with my host family, with my friends. That little link that we have is very 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 useful. I had two host families. My first host family was a um, couple, Rose and uh, John, and they. I had an eight-year-old sister, Alex. The reason I started the story with my sister is because when I went there, she was the same age when my sister passed away. It just felt like, like you know, how you pray sometimes. Doesn't matter which God you follow or which God other people follow, but I prayed to 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 have a little more time with my sister. When I come to to Yes program. and i was placed in herndon virginia which is like 45 minutes away from dc i have alex she's nothing like my sister my she's like she's showing me these dance moves from hena montana she's like how are they i'm like the best i've ever seen then i go and google what hena montana is because like i i want to be part of these things now she has grown up she we send memes to each other um i'm i'm trying to get her to her first internship like all of these things like she's she's there this connection didn't end right My second host family was uh, my host brother was in my civics class. His name is Matt Olam. Matt and I were friends, and then my mother at that time was running for the town council election for the first time. So the first time I sat in front of her, I was like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I'm running for this town council election." I was like, "What? What does that mean?" She told me it's a local city election. I'm like, "I want in." I had no idea what it is, but I was like. I want to help you you have to win and that's what happened so we were in our spare time me mike uh, me matt my host brother and my mother at this point all three of us are going around giving uh, brochures in 
all down and everybody's like oh who's this and she's like oh that's my son you have to understand my mother a jewish white american woman doesn't quite look like a brown muslim pakistani guy so they are obviously asking questions who's the father <laughs> where is this kid from and then they're like oh it's our exchange son and they're like oh okay so they're so happy and i'm going around all this town i was volunteering at that time with adam center all dallas area muslim center so i was friends with all the muslim community because of my volunteering at the mosque they were like we are just voting for your mother So she got every single vote, and there were some people who were from Pakistan and India who were in that race. They were just not happy. They were like, but they didn't say anything because I was like, what are you like? I'm gonna go with my mother, right? So she won the town council. When when she was when she won the town council for the ceremony, her mother. Gracie she is 91 years old now i figured out that my host mother sheila and her mother gracie they they had very a big divide in how they 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 saw things politically so when my mother called her up and uh, she was like hey i'm hosting an exchange student from pakistan and uh, she was like is he muslim and uh, she's like yeah and she's like why are you doing this when she told me i was like sheila When I applied for the Yes program, when my father told my American mother that he's going to America, the first thing they said that, oh, they're going to turn him to into Christian. Don't send him. Like she was really upset. So I was like, I've been through this. Let me handle this. My granny calls and she has this accent. That's one of the sweetest things I've heard. I, I understood it right again, right away. It was her southern accent. We FaceTimed and then she came to Herndon and I hung out with her and then she went back and then she was like, send him here. I want everybody to meet him. And then I go there all of her friends we are going with my grandma. She's driving this old Cadillac, right? We're listening to all this music which is uh from Nashville, from uh, uh Muscle Shoals and all these areas in Alabama and I'm we went to Music Hall of Fame of rock and roll and she's telling me where she was in 1940 when she listened to that song, where she was in 1952, how she met her husband. And then there was a retiree place where all the re- retired people go so i went there gracie has a friend visiting from pakistan and then they call up us on stage and everybody is just looking at me because i'm very different in this area you have to understand i have this beard and i'm i i used to be 50 pounds more i i won the biggest loser challenge so like i used to be little overweight and you know they're like who is this guy so i go up on stage i'm like hi my name is bilal uh i'm from pakistan and i just want to say you guys have nothing to worry about and the minute i said this joke i know it's bad but they started laughing they they just wanted to hang out with me i got published in the local newspaper for a visit to alabama like tell me that happens anywhere else The point is when we were driving back she 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 told me like this this is I I don't want to make this sound like a weird story but I would just tell you right away that we are driving I'm on my phone and this is how we used to me and my granny used to hang out right I'm on my phone she's driving and then she's like oh I'm going to show you some of my friends and I'm, I'm like okay sure so I, I was going out with her to her hair appointment to her nail appointment and I got my nails done but you know I'm doing all of these things with her I've never done that with my own mother my sister right we're driving and then like she's like oh we are here i look up it's a graveyard 
she has a car in middle of a graveyard and she told me that we are going to see her friends right and you have to understand by this time i'm little i'm like well granny is 89 after all right so age gets to you maybe she's not and then we go out and to to this spot that has uh, many of her friends who passed away and then also like her husband and uh, and there's like a tomb for her and that's something that never happens like i and you have to understand my trauma comes mostly from graveyards i was like why do you why do you still why do you have it now i mean this is some dark dark things granny but she told me that the reason she has it on because she she knows that's where she's going and she's like after a while you you don't worry about dying so much but knowing other cultures meeting you knowing all all that i've learned about where you come from it's a good reminder that my life has been has come full circle and then every pakistani she meets anywhere in us she tells us my doctor doctor sayed is from pakistan she's the unofficial representative of pakistan started the job at age of 83 that's my granny when i came came to herndon high school my counselor miss nikki vendor she was like okay so what do you want to do i was like that's a good question because i really don't know you know <laughs> that's why i'm here in your office my counselor encouraged me to take those classes that i would never have in pakistan so i took photojournalism right i i took theater 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 was incredible i took rotc we had to wear uniforms I did not like this class because one of my dream when I was coming to America was to have long hair and do some crazy with that because I had the freedom. In this class they asked me to have a buzz cut. That's how my hair was. I looked like an egg throughout my exchange year. And through that class we would go volunteer. This is where I'm like learning about volunteer. So I'm already going back to the time when my mother is sick. The funds are really low. We are selling everything and I was like what if there was a person who was doing community service or fundraising back then? So I started getting really involved in that. this was my goal that i wanted to be the person who is mentioned the most in the yearbook of that year i'm mentioned on 27 pages that's a separate thing that i was in the yearbook class so i sneaked my name in in some places but i was <laughs> i was the spirit captain for swim team i was the secretary for international club i performed in a high school musical oklahoma i sound very southern already as you see I did dance never doing it again I was really bad people were really nice they didn't boo me off the stage I was a DJ I did stand up comedy I just thought that if I could make people smile because I had just so many stories that I had to share from my childhood but I was not really finding the right balance yet I had to know them they had to know me and that's where I realized that I cannot really force everything I know on somebody or be upset if they don't react the way I want I learned how to how to represent your culture in a way that it speaks to them too 
as i said my story like on human basis what are the things i could find so i would show pictures of my 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 family and i would ask them like oh what is it like for you guys they would ask me all these questions do you have electricity uh some high school students are mean <laughs> you know so they would be like oh where's your where's your camel man i'm like oh i double parked it outside i would make these jokes and then they wouldn't have anything you know so again like i used humor to to become friends with all of these people So during this year I I got to meet the ambassador of Pakistan to United States and you know why because there was a big event my host family took me to this Eid event uh there are 4000 Pakistani Indians and like everybody Muslim communities there and they have a little stage in the middle I was so excited to see so many <laughs> people who looked like me all of a sudden because I haven't met anybody else I just started dancing I'm wearing this Pakistani clothes and like it's 100 degrees out I'm all red and every so everybody's looking at the stage and there's just one guy dancing doing his thing my sister taught me macarena I was doing macarena on bollywood songs you know how awkward that is it's very awkward don't do it and that's the point and then everybody who's american who's american pakistani american it's a the community is called desi community they're looking at me they're like who are you i'm like i'm an exchange student i'm from pakistan do you want to know do you want to know and then the ambassador was looking so he he sent a security guard he's like hey can you bring that guy to me so i go to him and he's like oh, you okay i'm like yeah i'm having fun like it's pakistan i'm representing because i had never thought that i would be in us right and let alone be on state department program so so he invited me to embassy so he had a he invited me to tea which had never happened in us these pictures go back to pakistan and boom i'm a star right voice of america wants to talk to me and like all of all of these people want to talk to me so so i'm getting this early success all of a sudden and what happens with that success is that again it's not a peter parker thing that with power comes responsibility but but i started feeling it at that time i was like okay this is going in different direction i just want to do fundraising community service and all of a sudden people are celebrating you Taylor Swift love story I I felt like she was speaking to me Taylor Swift's lyrics are amazing for teenagers no gender uh, issues right my friend olivia had a car a blue whale like she would call her uh, her car and she was my swim partner so she would drive me everywhere and we would listen to taylor swift and a lot of kesha because i was hanging out with girls i was a cheerleader sorry i was a mascot of my school <sighs> hornet so i would wear the whole thing and practice with teenagers and go to football games and different games and do the whole thing and they were like why is this hornet looks like he's from straight from an indian movie because my my dance moves like come from like you know like that part of the world so i'm like doing this and nobody knew it was me and i'm friends with everyone i'm going around and what not on the last game home game of uh, basketball so the coach of uh, cheerleading and the whole cheerleading team decided that they wanted to do one stunt with me where i reveal my face and tell the whole school that it's me so i'm like are you sure like you know i don't want to get up and like fall down and be embarrassed on last day of school you know you don't want to end it like that in the middle uh during the half time right and it's it's packed it was the last game so like it's winter it's packed 
and uh, they lift me up in the air and I, I took off my head and then like everybody just went crazy. I did swimming in high school. I was so bad when I tried out that my coach was like, uh, this has never happened because all kids swim from young age. And when I tried out, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to be really good because uh, I learned a little bit. Uh, I learned how to swim in Pakistan, right? Uh, after my sister's death for two years, we were not allowed to go anywhere. Then I wanted to beat that fear. So I was like, I'm going to go back to that same swimming pool where she passed away and I'm going to learn. And my family was like, you're crazy and whatnot. I went back. So I learned how to swim by myself for a little bit. And then I became the fastest swimmer for that little pool where she passed away. But in 2005, I'm sitting there and there's no lifeguard summer and a uh, few kids come and running to me. They're like, I'm 13 or 12, I think by that time. They come running to me. They're like, uh, oh, we can't find our friend. And like, you have to understand, I'm like really short. And boom, 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 boom. Ramsha comes back, everything. And I just like dive. I find this guy who's six two, like feet. And I'm like, I take him out, save his life from seconds. I really feel like sometimes some of our trauma can save somebody else you know when I was in high school when I tried out I knew I wasn't gonna make the team I went to the swim coach I'm like hey listen I really need this I get $125 stipend every month I have spent $32 on this swimming trunk and they're not gonna take it back it's a big investment for me so just just let me do something she started cracking up she's like okay she took me in team because of my spirit. So she made me the spirit captain. My timing for 50 meter freestyle was 54 seconds. The person closest to in our team was 32 seconds when we started. I trained with this team for four weeks. My timing is 27 seconds, which is 1.5 seconds away from the national record of Pakistan that wasn't broken since 92. I went back, I got into college on swimming quota. So I landed, after doing the whole thing in America, I would get back to it. I landed on June 20th. June 21st, I was the mentor for the next year of uh, yes students who were going. Since that date, I've been working full time. I have gone to college. I have trained over 30,000 teenagers. So I have done a lot of multiple jobs, right? Over 600 events that have been done just to bring communities together. Every time they would task me at this, they're like, how do you come up with these ideas? Oh, you're having these stalls, these uh, Instagram frames, these selfie booths. How are you doing it? And to be absolutely honest with you, I was channeling my 16-year-old intellect and the things I saw in high school because I worked with theater, right? So before you perform, there's the whole team, how they come together, how their Excel sheets, how they're... None of this was there when I was growing up. So when I learned it, I was like, okay, I know, but how many people don't know? Yes, I made it, but there's a child out there who's going through the similar thing that I was going through and I have to reach to that child, right? So I'm presenting, I'm doing youth clubs and like all of a sudden I'm just so busy in Pakistan now. Every alumni event, youth tech camp, this workshop, that workshop, until three years I do this day in, day out. There's nothing more I can learn in life, right? And I realized that I was actually running away from all the people who were not 
on board with my american experience i realize people can only understand me as far as they have understood themselves so if somebody has never left karachi and me trying to tell them what dc is like and how to take picture and they're never going to make it there so i'm actually wasting their time and my best friend assam he he said that i grew up with him and he just stopped me he's like bilal you were in america i was not then i looked around i was like okay i need to do something that is more more than this so i'm like okay i'm going to do this project uh, this big project about uh, fundraising with this like really underprivileged area in baldia karachi and then it would look really good on my resume i'm 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 trying to be very honest with you right like i'm doing good work but this is what it would look really good on my resume and then i can apply for a college here or college there this is what i'm thinking and a lot of people think that so so i'm i understand what you, what you go through until this for this big project i had 3000 rupees i was like i'm going to spend so when i had this realization i was like i need to do something good so i was like these 3000 rupees which makes it 20 i was like i'm going to invest it into something good for somebody else so i balance my karma out I started this fundraiser in Ramadan that we are going to buy ration for one family in this little area. So I talked to my friend, I I go there when I realized that okay, this is how much it takes. I have so many friends on Facebook. So I spent those 3000 in buying one ration for one family, then I put it up on my Facebook and within the next 5 days we went to 80 families, then we went to 300 families and 10 cities. So it became a nationwide project. if i feed somebody who's hungry right now he's going to be hungry tomorrow you know so this is the first time i googled i i always go back to google right i was like how do so term came up sustainable solutions sustainable development goals so i started finding ways and then then i went to un just for this one thing got and selected came back started this vocational training center along with her i was like we are going to do something that this doesn't happen where they are waiting for food money this woman uh, maria she's also yes alumna by the way uh, senior than me right and she had two sewing machines only one was her own one was her mo- of her mother in law and she had to carry it all the time this sewing machine i was like what we can do with it she's like if you buy me three more i can have three mothers who can just earn money through this long story short within 5 years they are running a whole social welfare center by the name of hunargar over 500 women have graduated from here and have started their own business this one project that we did and we installed two sewing machines that changed the the map of this most poverty align, uh, and crime ridden area that was that was there that's one project and as i mentioned there are 400 more of these development wise incredible what impact it had on me and my family that's the most important thing my pakistani family they never traveled to america they were not fond of america you have to understand that 2011 when osama bin laden was found in abbottabad he was living in a town called bilal town so so it, it's small things like that my high school friend somebody he was like hey somebody was talking about a bilal town and i told them i was like hey but i know a bilal who went to high school with me 
and the same thing i was doing when when some policy some government thing would happen and everybody would just start saying things about america i would just take out picture of granny i'm like do you guys did you guys forget like you you were you were feeling all emotional when i told you this story like to my pakistani friends and they were like yeah he's right i mean we cannot really trash talk about americans because then it means they are trash talking about my family and we don't do that in our culture so i found these little hoop loopholes i'm like oh this would work i don't have to take a side because like, i don't have a side i'm right in the middle i've seen it happen with my host family where the mother is demo democrat the 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 granny is republican but it never affects them because i'm their son you don't politicize your family right my family in pakistan had strong strong opinions about america they are all gone i'm telling you they're like legit gone if i would have not if it wasn't for these exchange programs if it wasn't for me picking up camera to take pictures or me picking up mic to do to to do the stories i would have picked up something else because i always had energy and exchanges saved me by channeling that energy into the right path for for that i would always be so thankful to each one of them every project that i do and i would do in future it is it is it is not entirely for america it's just for these two three americans who changed and made me who i am where i come from i would go to any length to pay, to 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 give back to the community If you were to go and land in Karachi you would find 1197 more stories like me. You would find 12000 stories of yes alumni in Pakistan. Now I work for a program called Future Leaders Exchange. All I'm saying is that if you look from financial perspective, emotional perspective, uh diplomatic it works. I would say I would summarize with this that I have unlearned more that I've learned during this experience. That is what is the success of exchanges. that normally you are you have this pressure you are going to phd you are going to this you have to do over here you just unlearning a little bit learning a little more and mixing it up to present it to that audience that it would speak to them because again people can only meet us as far as they've met themselves we have to understand just that part Twenty-two thirty-three is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. Twenty-two thirty-three is named for Title Twenty-two, Chapter Thirty-three of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This week, Bilal Khan told stories from before, during, and after his youth exchange study, or YES program. For more about YES and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. 
We encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can do so wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ECA Collaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Photos from each week's interviewee and complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. Special thanks to Bilal for all his stories. Along with Ana Maria Sinatine, I did the interview and edited this segment. Featured music was 71017 by Bortex, Chapel Bottom and Algia Trio by Blue Dot Sessions, Bicicleta by Migala, All Clear by Ketza, and Blue Spring by the Ramsey Lewis Trio. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagirlius. Until next time. Ah, I'm talking too much. I'm so sorry. It's the end of the day. (laughs) 